Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Advice with me, David Zafra. And me, Brittany Herzbrand. Unst, 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 unst. Oh, well, <laughs> I was not expecting that level of energy on this podcast, yeah. but cool. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I feel a little more motivated now. That's good. <laughs> I know you have a headache. I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess to maybe to start things off, do you have any, any uh, things you've been thinking about this week or life advice that you feel needs to be pushed onto the world or you, you need to reinforce within yourself or anything like that? I was trying to think because I knew you were going to ask me that because we didn't have a guest and <laughs> <laughs> the pressure would be put on me. Yes. But I couldn't come up with something mm. because... I just don't care about anything, <laughs> anything. right now. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What about you? I'm kind of in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've realized the importance of having like life outside of like your regular everyday job and responsibilities and things like that. Cause I've been like extremely stressed out in work recently. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the only thing that can get me through that is just like knowing like, there's more to my life than this. Yeah. And so I see some people really fall apart, um, not just at my job, but in other places where it's just like, they're just so unhappy and they have nothing to do besides just go to work and then come home. And maybe the relationship is terrible also. And they just don't have anything to kind of like give them some sort of release or some sort of like creative outlet or anything like that. And I feel like it's, it makes me feel like it's very important and also very makes me happy that I have a lot of stuff like that <laughs> to keep my mind occupied. Yeah, that's for sure necessary. So many people, it's their entire lives and they place so much importance on it. And I've never been a person like, I really like my job. Like this place is awesome. Um, but I don't, I'm trying to think of the right words for it. I don't place a lot of, not importance, but it's not like, I don't feel like my job is who I am sort yes. of thing. You know what I mean? No, and I feel like for a lot of people, their job is them. Like that's mm -hmm. their identity. And for me, I'm not tied to that. Yeah. So. It seems like the people that are like tied their identity to their job, like are usually not the most pleasant people to be around. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you work with them and they're. Yeah, it seems like the people that I have struggle with are the people that are like that, that just have nothing else going on. Yeah, it's hard. And the funny thing is I feel like I don't have any hobbies or I feel like I don't have a lot going on. And then I think about it and I'm like, I definitely do. You keep pretty busy. Yeah, I do keep pretty busy. <laughs> I actually do. I mean, yeah. more often than not, I'm like, oh, I wish I could just go home after work and I never can. Like, I always have something to do. Going on. But for whatever reason, I'm like... I don't do anything and yeah. I'm boring and like, I don't have any interests. <laughs> it's like, I think I have more interests than most people. Actually. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I feel that way too. And I have a lot of things that you I just like, a lot I of interest. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I wonder why that is. That I have so many interests? No. Why oh. we feel like we don't when we actually have a lot. Do you think it's insecurity maybe? <laughs> I don't feel insecure about it, but maybe oh. it's that I feel like I'm not reaching my full potential with those interests or I'm just not doing enough. Maybe. I don't know. That Then I, I feel like that's a solid explanation as well, because I feel like maybe if I was, nah, I wouldn't, I think it probably is more insecurity because I feel like even if I was excelling in all these things, I'd probably still be like, 
you know, kicking myself about it. That's where you and I are different. Like, I feel like if we <laughs> both got super famous and successful, you'd be like, I'm terrible and I'm garbage. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm getting what I deserve. <laughs> I'm like, <"Hoo-hoo." laughs> people finally know. Finally get, I mean, I'd probably think that a little bit, but then I'd, and I'd probably do both. Yeah, I'm sure I would do the same. <laughs> yeah. Some one person would write something mean about me and yeah. I'd be like, I'm the worst person in the world. <laughs> so... Have you, have you seen any, like, uh, really shitty advice floating around? I don't know. That's so hard. I feel like when you said that, I feel like there was something that popped into my mind that I'm like, oh, I feel like people give this advice and that's actually kind of, like, dangerous. But now I, ca- I can't really think of what it is. Mm. What about you? Maybe yours will trigger mine. Um, I can't think of anything specific about bad advice. But I did watch, um, I, I, I started having conversations with my kids about religion because... Uh, now that they're in school, they've been more exposed to certain things like their friends uh, believe in God and their cousin does. And it's uh, I've been trying to figure out like a way to explain certain things like that to them. Mm-hmm. And so I stumbled across like different videos and stuff like that about theism. And I, I, I stumbled across this like really dumb documentary called... Um, what is it? The a, the atheist delusion, and okay. it's a, a documentary where they're just going around interviewing atheists and convincing them to not be atheists through the dumbest means possible, and it's just hilarious. That is <laughs> really funny. Like they'll just they, they'll like give somebody a book and they're like, well, let me tell you, do you think do you think somebody just like wrote this book or you think it just happened by itself? And then using that as an example of like, oh well, God created everything. It's just like. Ugh. <laughs> it's not advice necessarily, but it yeah. is also that kind of like dumb, ridiculous logic that upsets me. And so that's kind of the thing that came to mind recently. Yeah. I guess I was more thinking like bad relationship advice sort of stuff. Like, mm, Yeah, I see that all the time too. Yeah. Like if somebody <laughs> treats you badly or something like, I don't know. So I feel like you see a lot of like, well, maybe he'll come around. And it's like, that's bad advice though, because you don't want that to happen Mm -hmm. sort of thing where people I feel like I can't articulate anything tonight but just (laughs) it's like sort of similar to the like when you're little and if boys are mean to you that means they like you sort of thing I feel like that's reinforced over and over and over throughout growing up and I feel like that's very terrible advice yeah and I I remember seeing that on Facebook not that long ago uh, there was a person that I saw that had decided to like leave her husband because he was drinking too much mm-hmm. and somebody commenting be like oh you got to stick by him and you got to like yeah and it's like dude you don't you don't know the full extent of this person's situation and that could be extremely terrible advice if they are in a bad relationship you could be endangering her right and her like her her family her kids uh by giving terrible advice out like that it's not a good idea you don't know what's actually going on between them and to just be like, oh, we should just give him a second chance because that's how we relationship should be. It's like, no, like, don't be giving out advice like that if you don't understand, like, the full extent of their relationship dynamics. Exactly. And that's why it's like, for us, it's easy to give out any advice because these people aren't hearing it. But (laughs) then, like, when we did get, we're not going to read it this time, but we got a solicited advice question and we were like, we have to take this one more seriously and actually answer in a way that's real because this person is actually listening yeah. sort of thing. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, should we jump into some advice then? Sure. Okay. Question one. 
Is it okay that my grown daughters, 33 and 30, still call me daddy? I didn't think anything about it until one of their friends was aghast when she heard it. Over the years, it's been dad, father, pop, pops, papa, but the girls always seem to drift back to daddy. I still call my parents mom and pup when addressing them. I have never insisted on daddy or forbidden them from addressing me by my first name. They just never have. Um, I don't understand why that would necessarily be a problem. I think sometimes people interpret certain things between parents and their children as something that it isn't. Like, um, for example, um, my uh, niece saw me, like, holding uh, my daughter when I have a shirt on, and she thought that was weird. And to us, it's not anything at all. But you know, to people that, I guess, don't have that experience or, or know that situation, that might be, like, a strange thing to them. Like, I she know- thought your daughter was too old for you to be holding her without your shirt on i guess she just well my niece is also very young and she doesn't have a dad oh you were holding your niece i'm sorry yeah no i was holding my daughter and my niece saw it okay and told my daughter that she thought it was weird how old is your niece seven that's very strange that she would think i could see an adult finding that weird Mm because i'm just i don't know people yeah think certain things but i think part of the reason was because she doesn't have a dad and she doesn't understand like she can't just be like going around doing that with like some fucking random dudes but but obviously like it's that's my daughter so it's a very different situation and i feel like um i don't think you have to put that kind of weird feeling attached to this term because I mean, to them, it doesn't mean anything to you. doesn't mean anything. So if other people think it's weird, like, I don't really know what to say about that. Like, is that's just the weird thing that you're thinking is because daddy can sometimes be perceived as, like, having a sexual connotation? Yeah, that seems like that's a thing that people associate with it. Yeah, and when I first read it, I definitely was like, that kind of weirds me out a little bit. Like, I would never call my dad daddy, mm. and that's the first thing that I jumped to. But I don't think it is necessarily, obviously, it's not sexual, but yeah. um, I do think it's very adolescent, though. Yes. So well, I guess also my thing is, I wouldn't. I don't want anybody that's not my kids calling me daddy. No, that's so gross. <laughs> I feel I, like that's such a strange thing that people do. Yeah, in a sexual way, I yeah. don't want to be thinking of my father at all mm-hmm. or referring to someone as my. It's so daddy. Gross. It's so gross to me. That's honestly really gross to me. That's more gross than calling your actual dad daddy. Yeah, I 100% <laughs> agree, but I do think it's very childish. And like any 33-year-old woman that I saw calling their dad daddy, yeah. I would judge a little bit. Yeah, I can kind of see maybe... I can see that, but I also don't think it's too much of a problem. But also, I'm kind of weird about some stuff because like, like I said, I don't want to associate daddy like as a sexual thing. I don't want my significant other or anybody calling me daddy. Like That just seems fucking weird to me. Madison, and I also call don't, him no, daddy. Please, don't. please call and him I, daddy. Me and Madison like don't call each other babe or baby, yeah. which a lot of couples do. I've never really had pet names. For I feel like that's really weird also, and I don't know why that's like such an automatic default for couples. Yeah. Like, they just give it no question at all. They just call each other babe. And I don't get it. Like, I have babies, and Madison is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Even though my kids are five already, but they're still my babies. Right. But I want to, that's, would be weird for me to call them my babies and then also Madison my baby. Like, that's just weird to me. No one's ever called me baby in a non, like, joking, like, hey, baby sort of way. Um, I don't think that it would feel comfortable like i yeah even like i would not want to refer to somebody that way but even somebody referring to me that way would feel very weird to me 
Yes, I would definitely say something if that happened. <laughs> I might let it happen. Like, if you want to call me, it really depends. Like, if someone wants to call me that yeah. in a relationship, maybe that's fine. Uh-huh. I don't know if it would bug me enough to say something, but it's just really not my thing. I could see having cute nicknames that are like actually mean something to you yeah, and are like an inside thing. That's totally fine. But yeah, that's it is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then the couples that are like every other word is like, babe, babe, babe. Which mm-hmm. is funny because I feel like I never really refer to people. So why do you need to be saying? Because like if you take out babe, would you not like be putting their name in there? So wouldn't it be like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What do you call other people? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris. So it's like I never have to call anybody by their name, basically. I think we talked about this before, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah. So yeah. that's just very <laughs> weird. I don't know. Well, I don't know. So what, do you, what would you say to this person then? Do you think it, would you advise him to tell his daughters to stop? No, I think it's totally okay if that's yeah. what they want to call. And if other people think it's weird, that's more their own hangups. Because if like they interpret somebody calling you daddy as sexual or gross, that says more about them than it says about you. Yeah. Um, but then I think it also goes back to these like these names that we give to. I know. Like each other in this weird sexual way. Like if people didn't do that, yeah, then this wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> I, I, I know they all need to stop. That would be my advice. That'd be my advice. Stop calling your significant others babe and or daddy. daddy. And like you never have sex with your girlfriend and be like, "Ooh, mama!" Like, "Ooh, mommy!" I don't know. It's just so weird. I mean, maybe Raul would because he likes old, older ladies. I don't know if that necessarily means he associates them with like motherhood and his mother, though. Yeah, but but it's funny because I feel like more so than I don't know. I feel like guys are like when women take care of them, like a sort of mother figure sometimes in a way. Okay. Did someone just walk by? Because that really creeped me out. Uh. No, I know somebody did. I just didn't. Ghosts. No. It, Your work's haunted. No. I saw someone walk by. I, just I thought I did too, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. I just assumed it was ghosts. It was just, I saw it in the reflection, so it was <laughs> so creepy. It's like the strangers. Yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. That would be my advice. Yeah. All right. Oh, is there more to say about this? No, we don't need to spend any more time on this. <laughs> okay. All right. So this person is saying, um, I always write a thank you note to clients at the end of a project. I need advice on how to end a good note with a client when it wasn't the easiest job, but I want to leave a lasting impression. This client was hell to work with, but now that they uh, that they have the product and they're happy and pleasant, I don't want to work with them again, but other business could still spin off from the project that we worked on together. Any help? Gosh, I don't know. It's so hard to say say without knowing what they normally write to people because if you want to possibly get business out of it in the future then I don't see how you like say something that implies that you're shutting that door you know oh I don't know if that's necessarily I think they're just saying like how do you give someone a thank you note when you hated working with them but you still feel the obligation to thank them for the sake of professionalism I mean just say what you always say in a thank you note especially in a professional situation I don't think you need to like let it be known that you didn't like working with them or chain I don't know I would just write the same thing I always wrote I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna do it to begin with you might as well right yeah because I think to me it would more be the choice of like 
I'm not going to send them a thank you note because they don't know that I do anyway sort of thing. Mm -hmm. so, but if you're going to, then... Yeah, I feel like there's ways... I remember um, Madison getting... I think a message from her grandma who she's not very close with and her having to respond and not knowing how to do it. And I feel like there's ways that you can be like very like polite and vaguely not complimentary. But what's the point? Like if you're just for the, like to keep up the, well, sure. Like with your grandma, but I'm saying in this situation where you're writing it out of professional courtesy, why not just write what you always write? I don't yeah. know. If that's why you're doing it anyway. Yeah. I guess maybe the person just is too upset to be nice to them about it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Send them a bottle of wine and just write, thanks. Mm, that's a really good advice. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Cool. That was an easy one. Let's move on. This one. Huh. Okay. I was the surrogate for my twin sister after she was in a car accident that left her unable to have children. I was already married with three sons. What? Oh, I thought you were pointing. No, I'm just. Okay. Um, I was already married with three sons when she and her husband approached me. My husband and I agreed. I delivered my niece without any problems five years ago. I am currently pregnant with a little girl now. I was planning on having my tubes tied after this. When I told my sister and her husband about this, th they grew very upset. Apparently, they were counting on me to carry one more pregnancy for them. My twin even told me that it wasn't fair that I get four children and she only gets the one. It felt like a knife to the heart. I was completely blindsided. I haven't even told my husband because he will react with rage. I don't know how to interact around my sister anymore. I've never had a child without her holding my hand. She was there for my boys and there when I pushed her daughter into the world. Our mother died when we were teens. We've celebrated most of our major life milestones together. I feel completely alone. How do I deal with this? Well, that's a tough one because I can understand how you feel bad for your sibling for not being able to help them out in the situation. But at the same time, having another pregnancy on you is a lot of it. That's really hard mm -hmm. on a person. So I don't feel like they're, uh, the sisters being very fair yeah. by getting upset at them for not wanting to be pregnant anymore and having had several kids at this point. Like, yeah, you know, you got lucky that you had a sister that could do this in the first place. Yeah. You know, if you didn't have them, then you wouldn't even have the one kid. Right. You can't like be like, well, oh, it's not. This is that's, You guys aren't kids anymore. It's not like, oh, you have four kids and I only have one kid. That's like so unfair. It's like, yeah, dude, that's fucking life. Right. Like, I, I just feel like I understand. Yeah, you're going to have to try to handle this very delicately because if you have such a close relationship with a sibling that can. This kind of thing could really hurt it. Uh, but. I mean, you can't feel obligated to put yourself through another pregnancy because your sister is upset about it. It just, it sucks because the pain that her sister must feel, I'm sure, is incredibly deep. But to have a baby for somebody once mm -hmm. is such an amazing thing to do. Like, if my sister couldn't have kids and asked me to have a baby for her, I really don't think that I would. <laughs> I don't think that I would. I never even want to have... Well, that's the part that you... Isn't the, uh, one of the things that's most repellent about it is the being pregnant and giving birth, right? Or yes. Well, that is that is a huge aspect of it. I would say that's about like 50% of the reason why I don't want to have a child is because I don't want to be pregnant or give birth to one. And then the other 50% is like, I just don't actually want one. Yeah. But 
to do it in the first place is not a given. It's not something no. she had to do by any means just because you guys are twins and super close. So to just expect that she's obligated to do it again is like, it's so unfair. And I could see maybe if her sister caused the car accident or something, <laughs> like she was the reason why her sister couldn't have kids. Yeah, I But guess. it's not her fault. No. So I don't know how you mend that relationship. Um, I think you just like continue to reach out to her and be yeah. there for her as much as possible sort of thing. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a kid for her just because you feel bad. I mean, unless you want to, but that's such a it huge thing. It seems like she doesn't. Yeah. And, I, but, and I understand feeling bad. Like I understand you want to help your sibling and they're very close. And so like, yeah, you want to do what you can to help them and to make them happy. But there's certain lines and this is one of those lines where you're like, I can't have another pregnancy for you. I feel like that's completely fair to yeah. say that. Yeah. And there are so many other means to have a child. Like mm -hmm. she could hire a different surrogate. I get that it's cool that her sister is actually her twin. So mm -hmm. her baby kind of, if she wants to imagine, like that's what her actual child would probably look like. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. But she could adopt. She could hire a different surrogate. Like, she's not stuck with having one kid if mm -hmm. she absolutely wants to have another. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's super unfair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's <laughs> so tough, though. It oh. is very difficult, and I feel bad for both people in this situation. But at the same time, it's like you can't just make somebody have a pregnancy that they don't want. She should just give her the baby she's currently pregnant with. <laughs> 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 She's already got four. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Stop having so many kids. Do you think some of the sister's resentment is like, stop having so many kids of your own if you don't want to have another one for me? <sighs> I, Which still is not fair, but... Possibly. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, whatever. That's her decision. She can have whatever amount of kids she wants. Yeah. It's like... Oh, don't you think it would start getting crazy, though? She's like, I'm on my 10th kid, but I don't want to have... <laughs> yeah, I like, feel like... I mean, that's a, that, is, that is a lot of kids. It's like, come on, bro, check, chill out. <laughs> yeah. But she's trying to remedy that. I guess so, yeah. Or she could pretend... I wonder how they went about it. I'm sure she got inseminated. I mean, it doesn't, like, there's so many different possibilities, and yeah. I don't think they went into detail about that. I was going to say she could fake... I think that she should have her tubes tied, not tell her sister. Find another surrogate. No, no, no. <laughs> Just like, and then be like, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll have a kid for you. And then go through the process oh of trying to do God, it. Oh, my God. That's fucking way worse. <laughs> and, then, and then just be like, I don't know. It's not taking. Like, I'm not getting pregnant. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> you could do that? You'd no, be able to just I'm totally kidding. Somebody. That is that's like the hugest lie. That's so horrible. Uh, that is pretty funny, though. Yeah. That's I do like, like your idea of just like, hey, just give her that one. You already got you yeah, already got a bunch. That's just as ridiculous, but way less con artist-y. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be so maniacal. A lot more straightforward. Um, okay, here's mine. Um, so this says, uh, I'm an Arizonan of the anti-SB 1070 ilk who has what? just adopted, uh, as SB 1070 is a, like an immigration law that, uh, came about like around 2008. That was basically like police can like stop and ask you for like your ID and shit. Oh, right, right, right. I yeah. do remember that. Okay. 
uh, of the anti-SB 1070 uh, ilk who has adopted uh, an Arizonan five-year-old boy who is obviously of Mexican descent. I want to do right by my son where uh, his heritage is concerned. I have my own ideas about what that means, but uh, I would like to know... Um, I'm enrolling him in a public elementary school that has Spanish language program and have a passing knowledge of some uh, pertinent literature. I expect we are uh, destined for difficulties from intrusive questions to downright racism in the future, so my immediate goal is to continue to grow my relationship with my son in such a way that he has no doubts that his family loves him unconditionally. Beyond that, though, I'd be interested in your ideas about what a... uh, a Mexican child ought to be exposed to in order to have a healthy sense of self and a reasonably sophisticated acculturation. Oh, well, this is easy. (laughs) Okay, continue. Uh, He should watch Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I should watch Coco. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't think that I am qualified to answer this. (laughs) I'm not. How could a white woman answer this question? Let's say that you adopted a Mexican child. I would raise him in Chula Vista. That's That's simple. That's where I grew up. I mean, it's like very heavily influenced Latino culture is primarily. Yeah. So I guess how would you go about making a child that kind of looks different than you do? Uh, in an environment amongst other white people, especially in a place like Arizona, like how would you make them feel not ashamed of their race? I would move out of Arizona. <laughs> That's probably a good idea, all. yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's one thing that you can do because obviously that's going to happen no matter what. People are going to be racist. But I just think you have to handle those situations as they come, mm-hmm. you know. And as I think it's kind of the same thing with anything. Like, there are bad people in the world. There are some people that are afraid of things they don't understand, blah, 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 blah. You know, all that stuff that yeah. you say. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I think that you... But I think that you should make that effort with your kid. Like, I think you should take Spanish classes and you should do all of these things so you're, like, in it together sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Okay, what are you... Do you have other advice? Um... Yeah, I think I think in general it's probably good to just I don't think you need to specifically uh raise them to feel like hey, this is your culture blah blah blah, you know. I think when you raise people in like a certain way to just like be accepting of cultures in general, they're not going to feel like oh, well I'm not white and therefore not as good as some other people. Yeah. But as far as like introducing people into their heritage and stuff, like I've never been that kind of person to be like super into my heritage, but I'm also not ashamed of it anyway. Right. And I still have a deep appreciation for the culture. Although part of that has to do with me having grown up in it. Yeah. Um, But if you're not around it all the time, you're not going to feel that connection to it. So there has to be a way for you to be able to, more broadly show them that there's all these cultures and there's all this value and you might have some of that in your, you you have some of that in your history. And so if you, you know, want to learn more about it, you can learn more about it. Maybe let, uh, give them the tools to find out more about yeah, it and stuff and like, like that. Yeah, and like if you want to, I'll do that with you sort yeah. of thing. 
Yeah, maybe pushing it on them too much. Pushing non-racism. Well, I think I was going to say like pushing it on them too much. Like when I was like, take a Spanish class with them or like do a bunch of stuff that could make them feel more different, actually. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially if you're if you're like that one, like in 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 Mexican culture, <laughs> like they keep dressing him up in like very Mexican themed Halloween <laughs> costumes. <and stuff. laughs> He's like the tapatio. Guy. Yeah. It, but, it, but yeah, part of it is like if you're not from it, you're not necessarily going to just get accepted into it. Like even me having parents who were immigrants growing up in Mexican culture was still considered like more white than my friends. Right. And even amongst my family, they still make fun of me for being white all the time. So it's like you can still grow up and, and still not be accepted by it. So I think it's better to just have like uh, overall understanding of your history and an acceptance that like racism is bad and stereotypes aren't good and an overall education about like you know race relations and stuff like that yeah and uh, and that positivity towards minority groups and um you know education about that kind of stuff as opposed to specifically like you're mexican you should appreciate your history or whatever it's like yeah they're not gonna give a fuck i do think that they should celebrate christmas eve though <laughs> yeah, I, get, I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, there's a lot of things they could do. Just give them that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting one. I feel like my kids, I don't, well, they do have their grandma and stuff, and they do have certain Mexican culture things that they've gotten introduced into their their um, you know their daily lives. But I think for the most part. They're pretty assimilated. Well, actually, I guess this question would apply to you more than I thought because they do look Hispanic, don't you think? Athena does. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so when she is out with Madison, I would imagine that they could experience that because mm -hmm. Madison is very white. Yeah. Does that ever happen? No. No? Mm -mm. Are you sure? I've never noticed it and I don't think Madison's ever noticed it. I also live in California. Uh, yeah. But in Vista doesn't... where it's like... 90% Hispanic. I know, but I feel like no matter where you live, there are racist people, you know? Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, when you have a high concentration of minority groups in one place and you're in it, like, we don't live in the white part of the neighborhood. So we just, I think it, our chances run lower for that reason. I was actually uh, working out yesterday in North Park and uh, we saw a white lady, like an older white lady carrying a black baby. And she was holding the baby really awkwardly. I'll, I'll give him that. But, like, the person I was with was like, she stole that yeah. baby. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Pretty sure that's, like, her grandkid or Oh, something. my God. That, that's a good explanation for it. Yeah. I was wondering. He's like, well, if she's holding it weird, then maybe she did steal it. She, she, she did look like she didn't know how to carry a child. I'll give, I'll give, them, I'll give my friend yeah. that. But maybe it's her first grandkid. Yeah. Or first kid. It can't be her first kid if it's her... No, she was older. She was older, okay. Yeah. I mean, some people have babies late in life. And that would be real impressive. <laughs> okay. So, recently, on an airline flight, the passenger next to me put her feet with her shoes on onto the headrest in front of her. No one was in the seat. Since she had her headphones on, I tapped her on the shoulder and indicated that it was unsanitary to put one's feet where normally a passenger's head should be. I got a dirty look for my efforts, and the young woman made quite a scene. Should I have ignored the situation or said something to the flight attendants? What do you recommend? I think you know what I would have done. I know what you would have done, <laughs> but would it have bothered you even? 
it would have bothered me more if it had a directly affected somebody. Yeah. To me, I read this question and I found the person writing it to be annoying, actually. Okay. Because airline seats are disgusting. I don't care if it's the head of the seat. People drool all over them. People get their gross hair on them. I mean, putting your shoes on them would not bother me at Like if I sat in a seat and put my head in it after, and I knew that somebody's shoes had just been on it, I could really care less. Mm -hmm. They don't clean them, you know? And also it's just not my place to tell the person next to me to put their feet down. Like if the flight attendants don't care to tell them that, then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have said anything. I think the only situation I would speak up is if it was actually directly affecting somebody. Yeah, if somebody was in that yeah. seat. If they started taking a shit <laughs> in that seat, I would not say anything. Yeah. That is so funny. If somebody was in the seat in front of them and I could tell that the person in front of them was bothered, yeah, I would be inclined to speak up for a stranger in that situation. A hundred times more likely for me speak up if it affected like a stranger or somebody was upset by it or they were hurting somebody or doing something to bother somebody yeah any type of like harassment or something like that i will do something but when it comes to just like i don't like this thing that they're doing i'm just going to be too uncomfortable to be like hey i don't like that you're shitting in the chair next to me i just like yeah it's not well that would affect you though yeah but but i still wouldn't say anything (laughs) but it's just it's not your place like who are you to tell this girl she can't put her feet on the seat and also um, what was I going to say? I completely lost my train of thought. Fuck. Not their place. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of, yeah, I guess if they, oh. I don't know. I was just going to say to me, I understand that it's so uncomfortable being on a flight. Like to me, I would be like anything to make yourself more comfortable, put your feet up. If that's going to make you like bear this seven hour flight, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's not negatively impacting. Did it say no how long b- the flight was? Uh, no, I'm just, <laughs> you're just like, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you yeah, know. flights can be very uncomfortable. I fucking hate flying mm-hmm. even for short distances. Yeah. And when I had to go to Ireland, I was like, Oh my God, I'm fucking dying. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long flights are really bad. So wouldn't yeah. you want to put your... F- if nobody was in front of you, you could put your feet up? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I, pro- I probably wouldn't do anything that, like... that uh, To get attention. Anything that would, like, cause attention to come towards me, I'd probably try to, like, back it up a little bit. Let's say... Okay. Say you were, though. Say you put your feet up on the seat in front of you because your legs were cramping, flight's long. You're like, yeah. now I can fall asleep this way. And nobody's in that seat. And the lady next to you is like, that's gross. Can you put your feet? Or like, that's unsanitary. I'd probably roll my eyes at them. <laughs> and you would continue to do it? I don't know if I'd continue to do it or not. I had to think about it. I had to figure out the situation where it's like, how uncomfortable am I? And how willing am I to like get into a confrontation with this person over this? Oh, I feel like it doesn't matter. Even if I were like, even if that position was uncomfortable for me, as soon as I did it, I would be like, I don't care that you like, I would be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You feel that way. And then I would continue to sit like that the rest of the flight. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like if the flight attendant wants to tell me to put my feet down, then I'll put my feet down. So your advice to the person that wrote the question is to mind my your business. business. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. All right, so uh, this person is asking, I have moved up uh, quickly at my company and have started hanging out with a new circle of friends at work. They're great, but I feel like a poser. They have history, come from money, travel a lot, and uh, know all about art and the music scene. What can I do so that I don't feel like such an outsider? 
I mean, I feel like that naturally happens when you start working at a new place and you start hanging out with people. Obviously, people there already have an established rapport and stuff. Um, I feel like it kind of talks about what we were talking about at the beginning. Like, this person doesn't feel like they have any. <laughs> but I'm sure there's something about you that makes you unique yeah. that you have to contribute. And eventually, you'll incorporate that into the group. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, and I, I, it's funny because I was just talking about this with Madison recently, how I feel like that sometimes. Like, there's people that I'm like, oh, this person's, like, too cool for me to, like, be hanging out with them or something like that. Like, I feel like, like, somehow I can't, like, keep up with certain people. Or if, it, like, if I know somebody that is, like, they, like, look a certain way. They're, like, a very attractive, wealthy-looking person. Like, it's, like, automatic in me for me to be, like, oh, we don't, we're not going to get along. Like, we aren't going to like each other. Yeah. Uh, despite that not being the case at all in some situations. But, yeah, I can understand being in that situation and feeling that way. But if you guys are close, it doesn't really fucking matter how much similarities you have as far as, like, your upbringing, your money, and your coolness or whatever. You're like, all working at the same place. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you got there as yeah. well so it doesn't really matter yeah. I, I can understand more I guess when you have you're brought in maybe you start dating somebody and their group of friends is really wealthy and has like really great jobs and you feel like you can't compete with that or something um, because I had some like a somewhat similar situation where I was dating a guy and like all of his friends had really interesting jobs and they were all super smart mm. and I, they like were Orange County people, like wealthy. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I fit into this sort of equation. Like I felt like not good enough in a certain way. But in this situation, like I said, you have the same job. Mm -hmm. You work at the same place. You yeah. got to like, you made it <laughs> to the same place that these rich people did. So I don't think they probably think much different of you. Yeah. But I don't think you need to have like all that stuff in common for you guys to get along. Like no. if, you, if they like you and they want to be your friend, then that's all that you need to worry about. Right. Say, I say this meanwhile, having like huge, I would probably be super insecure in this situation as well. Yeah. But I feel like if I had to logically speak to myself, that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. And you also just have to give it time because eventually you're going to be the person who's on the inside with them. And then there's going to be another new person and you're not yeah. going to be the new guy anymore sort of thing. So yeah. it just takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Cool. Kay. Okay. My longtime friend Tony is getting divorced from her husband Cal after his affair. It has been very messy. Tony has uh, gone scorched earth and demanded everyone choose a side. Cal is very close to my husband and my daughters. I have known Tony for over 15 years, including when she had an affair and had an abortion to keep it a secret. I held her hand during the procedure. Tony just accused my 23 year old daughter of having sex with Cal because she wanted both Tony and Cal at her graduation. My daughter called me crying and I don't know what to do. My immediate impulse is to call Tony and tell her off and then let everyone else know what Tony did. I know that is not the right thing to do, but I don't know what that is. I'm getting confused by the people. So Tony is a girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Tony's her friend. Tony's yeah. friend has accused this girl's daughter mm -hmm. of having sex with her soon to be ex-husband. Yeah. And she she's saying that she did it because her daughter wanted both of them at her graduation. Gotcha. Um, so this person sounds really fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, I get that you guys have been friends for 15 years, but 
I don't care how close our friendship is. If you cr- like, I don't have kids, but I just can't imagine her- how like territorial and protective I would feel of them. If you cross my kid like that, mm-hmm. like we're done. Yeah. And it's not like this person is an otherwise great person who's never done anything like that before. And like, maybe it's like out of grief. She had an affair and had an abortion and kept it a secret from her husband. Like she's obviously yeah. a really like willing to do some really shitty things yeah. to serve herself. So I would cut ties. I could care less. Yeah. And it in a situation like this, like I can understand maybe if the, the person that she was with was like really terrible to everybody. But if, that, if that didn't happen, I don't think it's very fair for you to be trying to tell your friends, like you have to pick sides. Right. It Especially just, this person's, daughter who is 23 so they've been friends for 15 years so since she was eight Mm. so she probably thinks of both of them as like their family friends it's like almost like your family like probably like aunt and uncle ish sort of thing like obviously she's gonna want both of you at her graduation like she's not on the inside of like i mean maybe she knows he cheated on her but like you know she's not gonna feel the same way that you do about Mm. that sort of thing so yeah (sighs) maybe they did sleep together did we consider that I didn't because I didn't want to. But Do you think there's any possibility? I <laughs> there's don't. There's obviously a possibility, but I doubt it. But can you? What? Ooh, can you imagine? <laughs> that would suck, though. That would suck if she actually did. If she actually did. And then everybody turned on her. Yeah. And she was like just completely alone. <sighs> yeah, that's. <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> But at the same time, it's not like this person like, is completely like free of any guilt in this situation. Maybe. So. <laughs> Never mind. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You see, you just did one, right? What? That was yours. Yes, that was mine. Okay. So, uh, this person is saying, me and my wonderful girlfriend have been together for an amazing eight months and have known each other for four years. I am 20 and she is 18. Our relationship was beyond unbreakable. About eight eight weeks ago, we find out that she is pregnant and we both were very excited at first. This wasn't planned, but we have faith and we're definitely ready for that responsibility. We have been fine uh, up till about a week ago. She wants nothing to do with me now. She tells me that she loves me, but she needs space. It was also random, and uh, we went from spending every day together for hours uh, to not seeing one another at all because she needs space. I love her more than anything, and I want to make her feel loved and let her know that I am here, but she won't see me or communicate with me. I am very worried. What should I do? That's hard. Yeah. It's just, she's so young. Yeah. It has to be so scary. Can you imagine getting pregnant at 18? No. <laughs> I mean, you had kids really young. Yeah. Um, I know. I just think, do you think she's having second thoughts on having the baby? It's or very possible. That's a possibility. Because he seems really excited about it. Yeah. So I could see her having second thoughts and just feeling like completely hopeless because he's so excited and she can't really share with him that she might not, not want to do it or, anymore. Yeah. Um, but even if she does still want to keep it, she could have had taken a really long, hard look at like, maybe I don't want to be with this person forever. Yeah. 
or just regardless, it's just completely overwhelming. And I think it's completely reasonable that she might need a lot of time by herself right now because yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Like, um, but as far as what he should do. I say give, give her space. I was going to say give her space too, because if you, yeah, I don't think you can really pressure someone in that situation. She's going to have to talk to you again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. She's the one that's going to be going through a lot of changes right now. So yeah. I don't think you should be worried about yourself in this moment. Right. I think that he should not give her space in the way where, like, he just drops off. I think yeah. he should let her know, like, I'm completely here for you and I want to be here for you whenever you're ready. But I'm not going to, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's okay if you don't see each other all the time. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also so fucking young. And they haven't been together that long. No, I mean, they've known each other four years. So that's a good amount of time. But, but so she was 14. They were together 16, eight, eight months. months. Yeah. It's very and knowing each other four years could just be like going to school together. <laughs> so. Yeah. How serious can you be when you're in middle school? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure she's just really, really overwhelmed. Yeah, and understandably so. And yeah, if if she ends up in the position where she changed her mind about this, then you have to possibly accept that as a a thing that could happen mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah, you got to be ready for that. So, I mean, yeah, we're so. I, I guess if anybody's questioning that, I guess we're the kind of podcast that is okay with that decision. Yes. <laughs> I think they're going to break up. <sighs> That'd be crazy. I kind of think they are. Because I think if she does change her mind, he's going to try and convince her to keep it. And she, you can't really force somebody to do that. Yeah. She probably won't. And then they won't be able to, like, mend that rift, I don't think. If that's what happens. Yeah. So sorry, Tough guys. One. Yeah. Sorry, you're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> But if she has the babies, you guys might. Who knows? <laughs> maybe you guys will be a great couple. You'll be great parents together. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that's great. I mean, he's a little bit old. He is the age I think I was when my kids were born. So. How did you feel when initially? Well, it was, we planned it. So I don't know that I knew. I don't yeah. know if I knew. Yeah, it was kind of like, well, I guess we semi-planned it because... Madison got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. And so that was going to make it like supposedly more difficult to have kids. It was like, it could take years to get pregnant. So you were like, might as well start trying might now because well it'll happen when we're 27. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it was like, nope, three months later. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even less than that. I don't remember. It happened pretty fucking quickly. Yeah. Uh, so you knew with certainty then that you guys wanted to have kids together at some point. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something that she didn't want necessarily before, but then she was like, well, I might not be able to have kids, and that's kind of like a difficult thing to accept. So, she, so having yeah, that taken away from her made her... Made her want to have them. That's interesting. I always wanted kids, so it wasn't too much of an issue for me. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I def like, when I was younger, I definitely was like never thought like the marriage was a good thing, but I was like, I definitely want to have kids when I get older. Like yeah. that was not a thing I, I, I always... Uh, took care of my uh, siblings and my nieces and had a lot of kids growing up, a lot of like young cousins and stuff like that. So to me, I never had a problem with kids. I always liked kids. I was always good with kids. So I, so yeah, it wasn't a, a problem at all. Yeah, to me, um, I do wonder this because I, when people find out that they can't have kids and they're devastated, 
I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. I'm just saying I personally don't understand it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that level of pain over that just because I, I don't want them. So, like, I can't really... I feel bad, but I can't fully put myself in their shoes and, like, empathize because I just cannot feel it. Mm -hmm. But I wonder all the time, like, if that were to happen to me, like, I had that choice taken away, I wonder if I would be upset about it. I really don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. I can't have them anymore, but that doesn't really... <laughs> that was your choice. <laughs> you could, actually. I could still, if I get my vasectomy reversed. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I already had him, so it doesn't matter. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Had it gone the vasectomy before that, but I wouldn't have gotten it before that. So, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. It's chill. No, I was pretty excited about it. I was like, no, I'm done. Yeah, I got two of them. It's good. Could get a dog. <laughs> I can't, honestly. Why? I just don't think I... I don't think I'm, I'm, an, I'm good at having pets. I don't know what it is. Like, I like, I like learning about animals and, like, watching, like... Like, me and my kids love watching, like, nature documentaries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we, we got a guinea pig, and it died. We had a rabbit, and it died. Like, like we're, quickly? or I mean, we had each, like, for about a year each, I guess. But I feel like... I'm not sure about guinea pigs, but I feel like rabbits... Live a decent amount of time. <laughs> How did they die? Why I don't die so soon? I, we're just bad with pets, I guess. Do I don't mean? know. You have to be bad enough to kill something much quicker than its lifespan is. Yeah, the guinea pig got sick. I don't know what happened with that. Okay. And then the rabbit we had, we were like, we let him run around the yard. And then one day, it looked like he just got fucking roughed up by something. But it looked, he looked fine. He didn't look like he got like, he wasn't like bleeding or didn't have any like, I don't know. It just looked like he was like, like his fur was all messy and stuff. And uh, he was fine. And then we just took him back inside and he was dead the next morning. So, yeah, that was... <laughs> Do you left him outside unsupervised? Yeah. He probably got attacked by something. He possibly, but I mean, it didn't seem like that was going to be an issue, but apparently it was. So, yeah, it didn't work out. Uh, and then, like, yeah, we my, my sister's got a dog recently, and uh, just like me having a dog sit for a little bit, I was like, man, this is like a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work, and you got to keep the house clean so your dog doesn't eat shit, and we're very messy, so. Uh, well, how old's their dog? Yeah, it was a puppy when oh, I... Oh, yeah. yeah, when a, it's a puppy for sure. But yeah. once it gets older, like... You have a little bit more freedom. Oh, my God. There's so much stuff in my garage that could kill my dog if it got mm. into. It just doesn't bother to try. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. But it's still a long time to wait for them to not do that anymore. Yeah. You, then again, yeah, my sister, my other sister got an older dog, and he seems like way more mellow. <laughs> like, I feel like I could handle him. Yes, puppies are really hard. Yeah. And my, we, like, like I said, our, uh, like we, they like animals. We like animals. We're just like, I guess I just don't have that kind of like urgency to, to like care for an animal the way that I do for my kids. Yeah. So it's just tougher. Like I don't have that same emotional thing going on. Like with a rabbit, I was like. Oh Dude, yeah, I mean, you're getting rabbit. these weird animals that nobody cares about that much. <laughs> but were your kids really devastated? Yeah. They were more by the guinea pig, honestly. That's interesting. Yeah. Because they, I guess they, the, the guinea pig, like the rabbit kind of like hated us. Mm. Like it just, it was like a, not a, like people were like, oh, it's almost like a cat or whatever. It's like, no, was it? Like it's always running. Like we like have it running around the house and it just like always be hiding in a corner. Yeah. Rabbits are skittish. Yeah. And kinda, they're kind of weird. Yeah. And, but I mean, everybody talked about how fucking great rabbits were as pets. I, that was not my experience. And then <laughs> we had, so we had the guinea pig and the guinea pig like, um, would let 
you know the kids play with them like they'd pick them up and they, they would like have a little stroller that for their doll that they would put the guinea pig in and push it around in the backyard put, like, and stuff hats on it and stuff. That, that but yeah it was like yeah they got to play with the guinea pig and it was fine I don't know what happened. I got sick. He started like foaming at the mouth one day. It was not good. Ooh. And we went to San Francisco and left him with my sisters to watch him. And they told us that night, he's like, oh yeah, there's something up. He seems a little like low energy or whatever. Yeah. And then like gave us a call like three days later. It was like, yeah, he's, he's done. At least your kids didn't have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a goldfish and I won that I won at the fair once. And I didn't know that you had to get the fish used to its water temperature first like put it in a bag that it came in into the water so because yeah so i just poured it immediately into the new bowl and the temperature change shocked its system so much that it just died instantly yeah holy shit and i was like old enough to be a normal person about it and i was like bawling (laughs) like i was so sad oh my god yeah well i like animals so I do too, but I just don't, like I said, I don't think I'm going to be a pet person. That's totally fine. I like, I like great white sharks. Cool. <laughs> do you not? I saw a video on Instagram of a guy petting a great white shark and I was like, wow, that's awesome. Oh uh, no. I mean, sharks are mis- like, sharks are awesome. I like, I like sharks a lot. In the real sense of the word, like they're awesome, yeah. you know? Um, but that's just a funny thing to say. <laughs> I just like it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite animals and I like appreciating it and watching it in videos and pictures and stuff like that, but I don't want a pet. Obviously not a pet shark. If you could have a pet shark, would you? No. Okay. (laughs) Unless I was like Aquaman and could communicate with it and be like, hey, like come hang out. But then you'd be in a shitty movie franchise and... I mean, that Aquaman trailer looked pretty good. (laughs) It's not going to be good. I don't know. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to watch it. The DC movies aren't doing great, but I'm going to give Aquaman a chance, and we'll see what happens. He was so good in Justice League. (sighs) Loved it. It was so (laughs) fun. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to be the the end of this episode, guys. If you have any uh, solicited advice that you would like us to answer... Oh, yeah. We have that. So I did make the email, you guys. I followed through. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but unsolicited advice podcast at gmail.com was taken, which I have, I was like, I promised on the Jake episode. It's like, there's no way that this, uh, this name is taken. And apparently it is. I was so upset. I emailed them and I asked them to give up their email address to us very politely though. The the email was nice. Yeah. You told me what you said. It was very nice. Yeah. Um, but so far I've yet to hear back, which makes me even more mad because I know they don't use it. Yeah. But so our email is unsolicited advice podcast, the number one <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. And we've already gotten an, an email sent there with solicited advice. Yes. So please do use it. If you sent us an email to the old one, because yeah. we've mentioned it on two episodes now, <laughs> just forward it on over yeah, to just the send correct it to, one. Yeah. The one with the one in it. Yeah. And we'll let you know if we change it back. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we might have, if people start sending advice questions to this email, we're going to have to stick with it. Okay. But we'll find out. All right. Time will tell. We'll see. If you're listening to this in the future, you know what happened. You are. Well, technically, yes. But like in the far future. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And don't overdo anything. Can I hit it in the morning without giving you half a